When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Not The Royal Wedding, a podcast antidote to all the royal guff. I'm Kevin Maguire and this week's special guest is Emma Dent Coward. Kensington MP took the seat from the Tories in 2017 and is a Republican. Emma, welcome. Thank you, Kevin. How long have you been a Republican? When did you realise... Um, I think I've been a Republican for a very long time, actually. I actually joined when a certain person wore a very unpleasant uniform to a party um, some years back. So I think it was about ooh, 20, uh, 20, it was about 12 years ago I joined. Um, I don't want to mention any names because that brings up the death threat, so I don't want to go there. That was Prince Harry in a uh, SS uniform, that, I, that, that yeah, one. I remember that. That's when I took the plunge along with um, hundreds of other people, actually. It was a step too far. What do you think it says about Britain and the influence of the royals if you make some criticism, it might be trenchant, and you get death threats? I remember at the Labour conference last year in Brighton you made a joke about him as a helicopter pilot and and Prince William and Kate Middleton, and it seemed to be... All hell let loose. I, th- I yeah. thought they were, you know, they were, they were quips. They were quips at a meeting, and yet this yeah. avalanche of abuse came down on you. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was quite frightened actually, because some people are just very rude and, and unpleasant online, and some people will come for you physically. So um, I, it was awful. I had CCTV on my house. I've got a GPS tracker. I have to have with me all the time. Somebody else had to open my mail. Uh, my poor staff were very shaken. Uh, we had to have my office um, CCTV. We've got every possible security on it in case. Um, it's very, very frightening. And, you know, the whole idea, the, you know, the British values of fairness, decency, free speech and respect, uh, where on earth does, does that come into that kind of thing when, when somebody's made a joke about something that some people have a lot of time for and some people don't? What about where's free speech there? And all that extra security you were advised to take because you made a joke about the royals. Yes. And I was told, uh, heard, there was about 400 death threats. That's right. I did. That's and staggering. Of all kinds, all kinds and some are quite graphic. Uh, absolutely staggering. Hmm. Did the police manage to track any of them down? Um, no, I had a long discussion with our local um, borough commander, and um, we we went through the whole process. Then they they didn't they didn't track people down. Wow, wow! Did that uh, sh- shape your faith, your belief, uh, you know, your determination, you know, your willingness to speak out about uh, you know, being a, a Republican? Um, for a while, yes, it did. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I did. Actually, it shook me personally in every way. It was horrible. It was really horrible. And it also becomes very personal then. Why aren't you allowed to have different beliefs? No, absolutely. In a democracy, in a debate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the idea that you can't make a joke. Um, I wonder how much of it was just personally, you know, was politically motivated, actually, just against me. Because I was very clear. I'd had a free, clear run up till then. 
up till uh, the end of September. Um, and um, I did feel maybe you know the press were were looking for something to to get me on. Um, and that was it. And then, uh, you know, the, all hell was let loose. Did you feel the death threats were fueled by hostile media coverage of what you said, and, and some distortion? I, I would say. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. Yes. And there's often a, the impression that the the royals are almost a no go area for much of the no. the media. If if you had attack the royals, you'll get attacked by that media, some of the papers, TV, and radio too, BBC, absolutely enthralled to the uh, the royals who they treat with kid gloves. Absolutely, and um, I know because a lot of people, not only where I live, but in other parts of um, Kensington and indeed in Chelsea, a lot of people spoke to me afterwards and they said privately, well, I'm Republican, of course, but uh, they haven't. They don't speak out about it, uh, probably for the same reasons. So where are the British values there? I just don't understand it. It's, it's illogical. It, it, it is illogical, but do you think it's a it's a byproduct of of the deference that is shown to the to the monarchy? It's a well, subservience is the word I'd use. A subservience, as I strong so. as that. I think so. In some cases, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the day, on uh, 19th of May, uh, when there's going to be traffic jams in Windsor, uh, I hope that doesn't get me any uh, messages, um, I I understand you'll be speaking at a conference in London on republicanism. Yeah, there's a convention on republicanism, and there's um, leaders from Republican... Um, countries coming over to speak, and we'll be we'll be speaking. Uh, are you at, at all um, wary that uh, there might be a, a backlash when you do that? Or well, quite possibly, but for goodness' sake, if we can't speak about our beliefs, who are we? You know. No. Who, yeah, absolutely. Who are we as a nation? Yeah. yeah. Who are we? And I don't think it's anything. Um, anybody should um, feel they have to hide. It's like it's like being of a certain religion or or not. Um, there should be a freedom to speak out. Uh, and what's at the core of you being a, a Republican? Is it uh, democracy? Is it fairness? Uh, mm. Equality? Uh, well, it is. Um, yeah, it's fairness. And um, having uh, spent nearly all my life in the royal borough. Um, I'm very, very aware of the inequalities um, and since becoming a local councillor and um, actually before then, um, I became even more aware of the inequalities and I've been writing about it for a very long time, about the inequalities. And I just think it's particularly striking in a borough where we have such huge wealth, um, not only from that particular family but in other areas, um, uh, you know, the richest man in the bar- in the world. Uh, Sultan of Brunei has a house just near the palace by chance. Um, and a mile and a half up the road there are you know, there's a child now with rickets um, through uh, malnutrition. That's uh, I, how that can happen in a supposedly fair, just society. I have no idea. You know, it's an, it's not a good society. It's it's a sign of rottenness to me, actually. And, and, and do you think the existence of a hereditary royal family mm. actually, in, in a way, makes respectable mm-hmm. for some people huge disparities in in wealth and income and life mm. chances? Yeah. Because, as you say, you've got the Sultan of Brunei, world's richest man, or one of the richest men in the world, somebody with rickets. You've also got Kensington Palace and, mm-hmm. and Grenfell Tower. Yes, exactly. Well, that's it. it says it all. This is why I, I do speak out about it as often as I can. 
because those disparities should not happen in a, in a decent society. It shouldn't be allowed. So as I, you know, people are constantly talking about British values, and uh, you know, where is the fairness in that? The money is not spread evenly. People born in North Ken or in some other areas of Kensington and Chelsea don't have, aren't born with the same life chances as anybody else. They're just not, and that's not fair. And they, they, there will always be some kind of disparity. Some people will need more help to get to get to that to that level playing field. As maybe some people never will. But the disparities are actually they're getting worse. In the ward I represent, um, in North Ken, um, life expectancy has dropped since 2010 it's by fallen. six years. It's fallen by six years, and that's the the, the worst um, the worst example in the country, as far as I'm aware, uh, where life expectancy has fallen. It's getting worse. So the inequality is getting worse. And how people, I, I genuinely don't understand how people can can um, support and admire and venerate a system which is so unfair on them. Yeah, but they but they do. They do. Because there seems to be mm. a, an acceptance or popularity still mm. around the royal family and having a hereditary money. We can argue how big it is mm-hmm. and why it is there, mm. but it exists mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. What role, what role does that achieve? Do you, do you think it puts a break on radical change because mm. they're a varnish on that inequality mm. and people can turn and you point to them and say, well, they might be far richer, far more powerful, they might have just inherited, but they're all right. Mm. Well, that, that's the whole thing about role models, isn't it? Um, and um, if you're going to venerate somebody, they should be good role models, and so, of course some of them aren't necessarily, or certainly not all the time. Um, so that is one problem. Um, some people maybe are happy to be subservient and have people above them who they can venerate, um, who have arrived there just by ch- pure chance of birth. Um, um, I think that's a huge shame, and I think if um, if if we taught our children a bit of politics and history, um, proper um, proper history at school, um, so that they understood it. A bit of political history. I think maybe they'd understand it a bit better and not think, oh well, I'm I'm for, I'm from the bottom of the tree and then I'm going to stay down there and um, I, I shouldn't have any higher aspirations for myself. Um, that whole embedded hierarchy makes me deeply uneasy. And um, naming eras of history, the Victorian era after mm. after the Queen or the Tudors or. Mm. The Stuarts yeah. kind of it puts them on pedestals. It does put them on pedestals. Um, as I said, the whole the whole system of hierarchies. I've done a lot of research on um, uh, the dictatorship in Spain, and they and that was they wrote a lot about it, and very very clearly that actually they thought it was a god given hierarchy, and that that people at the bottom of the pile um, should um, should accept that and um, be and honour people above them by being subservient to them, and they did actually think that was ordained by God, which I find very strange. But it's, it was so extreme, as I say, they wrote about it very eloquently about not educating people in the lower orders as they saw it. And this is only 50, 60 years ago. It's really shocking. Um, and that that brings it into light, in the highlights it for me because um, I see that um, subconsciously maybe a lot of people they think that they should accept their lot and and uh, not aspire to anything else. And what an awful shame! And maybe Parliament would be a very very different place if not so many people thought that I was born here. I can only do this. You know? No, because in fact we're talking now in Parliament. It's a mm. it's a royal palace. Mm, yeah. 
it is indeed. Um, yeah. So, I mean, more people should look at Sadiq Khan, maybe. Um, you know, bus driver's son, mayor of London. That you know, that's a good story for a background of hardworking parents, and he was very happy to aspire to greater things. So, I, he's you know, he's a good role model. Um, and uh, people who've been born into it and um, don't give back as much as they could and cost the taxpayer an absolute fortune, I don't think um, should command our respect in an equal way. Yeah, I suppose Prince Charles aspires to be king mm. as, a, as he was born he was born to. But is it kind of because they have this... this yeah, yeah. They sit at the top of the tree. They would always sit at the top of the top of the tree. They've always sat at the top of the tree, apart from that short-lived uh, republic uh, with Cromwell and uh, mm-hmm. and his son, hereditary republicanism in the uh, in the seventeenth century. And it, of course, the roles have been broken, and you know the lines lines change. But is that just that? Are they there to give respectability and there to? allow very wealthy people to feel as if they can be wealthy because the head of state is somebody who is wealthy, hasn't been elected, mm. has inherited, uh, doesn't pay tax in the way everybody mm. else does. It's almost uh, you know, an optional extra they may decide to, to give. This is mm. completely upsets mm. power relationships and the ability for radical change. Well, exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, I think every, every young person should should aspire to the best they can possibly do, um, and I do think that's um, it, this is a, it's a huge burden that we carry of that um, the veneration of, of people who don't deserve it. How uh, how popular in your your royal borough of uh, Kensington Chelsea are the inhabitants of Kensington Palace? You're their MP. That's mm. where the what the yeah. Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, as they like to be called, uh, do yeah. live? Um, yeah, I find this one quite difficult. I mean, as I said, whenever I've spoken out, a lot of people who I had no idea, people I've known for 30-odd years, have said, what on earth are they doing there? Why are we paying for this family? I don't understand. And they make jokes about, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a big house down the road which is full of people unemployed, paid for by the state, and, go on, and they're actually talking about the inhabitants of Kensington Palace, and it's quite amusing. It's a sort of local joke. Um, um, what, what the numbers are, I have no idea. I'd love to have a, um, a, a survey, a um, private survey done. It would be interesting. Um, um, I know that a lot, of, a lot of people who had never spoken to me about it came out as Republicans um, since September. Uh, there does seem to be, it's, it's incredible in your, your area, you talked about the great uh, you know, disparities in income and wealth and you know, mm. life chances and longevity. When you have Kensington Palace mm. with all the opulence and entitlement mm. and then you have Grenfell Tower mm. where people died uh, from neglect. Mm. It's now a charred, huge tombstone to to a lack of concern for people and that you've always got in your small borough admittedly the richest borough and the richest city and the richest country but you've got the two you know the two nations yeah cheek by jowl cheek by jowl exactly and I've I've been commenting on this for a long time and it was brought into very stark relief on the 14th of June last year Um, so people can't uh, ignore it now as much as they may wish to 
um, you know, it was a lot of people I know are very comforted and they liked the fact that some members of the royal family went to visit them. They liked that and they said it's fantastic they're doing charity work. You know, half of North Kensington, actually a lot of South Ken, a lot of the borough were in there, I've been in there volunteering from day one. Um, with no credit at all, not expecting any. They've unseen just heroes. been doing it. Yeah, unsung heroes. Mm. They don't want MBEs or OBEs. They don't want to be invited for tea. Uh, they just want to get on with the job. And, you know, yesterday, um, the firefighters, oh my God, the firefighters from the two fire stations who were first on the scene run the marathon, um, they are fantastic. They're sung heroes, and so they should be. Um, there are people like that who are uh, certainly are more deserving of my respect I feel um, you know pe people like it when Laurel family drop by and it's it's um, it's it's nice that they do it but it's not life-changing for anybody really and their role in a way is is in part to cheer people up but people are always pre-selected Someone's made to stand in straight lines and a yes. red carpet with name tags on, bow, curtsy. I know, I know. I, I find it, I don't understand that that view at all. I really don't. And we had we had some some very wealthy people, very famous people, coming in to muck in. And uh, one of the local volunteer groups told me that somebody, uh, who I won't name, a woman. Uh, very well known, arrived in a limo one day, leapt out, said what can be done and spent the entire day scrubbing the toilets. I mean that that's that's real service. Mm, I'd like that's to know fantastic. who that was. <laughs> <laughs> well I can't tell you on Mike I'm afraid but it was somebody I have massive respect for particularly now. Um, that That's service, that's, that's how to volunteer actually. Um, with no fanfare at all, I think. No, no reward. Not showy. Hmm. Not expecting hmm. uh, the red carpet to be hmm. rolled out. Um, exactly. uh, my dad was a coal miner, and joke. Whenever they got a royal visit, they painted the coal black to make sure it all looked uh, looked correct. There is that hmm. feeling that if the if the royals do anything, hmm. they want credit for it. While, as you say, hmm. uh, in Britain, hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of people do voluntary work, and help mm. others, mm. expecting no reward, no pats on the back, no, mm. no honours. Mm. They're, they're doing it because it's just because it's right and they can't not do it. Mm -hmm. But could you, can you imagine a day when the country as a whole can break the spell of the royals mm. and the Republican cause will be in the majority? Yes, I can. I can foresee that. Um, I, I don't wish any ill on any member of the royal family. I really don't. I don't know them. I don't dislike them. I just don't want to have to pay for them. And I don't think they should have any power in a country because you know, we, are, we are held back, I think. We're frozen in time. And you only have to look at some of the some of this bizarre practices in, in the Palace of Westminster um, to see how held back we are. It really is. I find it quite extraordinary. Um, it's not. It's not a modern parliament, and I think we could um, we could modernise um, without without that massive burden that we're carrying. Which is, I do see it as a burden. No, it's like being a Disney country uh, with all that uh, royal yeah. royal show. I think it's yeah. rather demeaning when MPs yeah. are summoned to the House of Lords yeah. to hear the Queen read out what an elected government is doing, the unelected mm -hmm. uh, monarch. But how do you think the circumstances will come round mm. whereby there might be a majority for a republic? I the death of the death of Diana Spencer was mm. a moment mm, in mm. in the grief and the royals mishandling it. Uh, yeah. There was real anger. I think um, I think Prince Charles as King will help a lot. <laughs> I really do. Um, you know, given his um, 
his comments to the woman in Manchester the other day. Wow. Uh, um, I'm, I have. I haven't spoke to a single person who hasn't been horrified by that. It was absolutely horrific. This is the woman who was born in Bre- uh, Bred in Manchester. Yeah. But mother was from Guyana, mm-hmm. and so she had brown skin. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. where are you from? Manchester, UK. You don't look like it. And he turned away and laughed because he thought it was funny. So if he's going to turn into his father, I think he'd be a fantastic king to, uh, to be the kick-off point for a, a republic, actually. Because that kind of behaviour is disrespectful, <laughs> and you know he's not held, holding up British values by speaking to people like that. It is, it's demeaning, it's disgraceful, it's dishonourable and disrespectful. It was almost as if he was a, a royal version of Theresa May's go home vans. Mm. Well, that woman, if she went home, she would have went to Manchester. Mm, exactly, the go home office, as we call it now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, we're, uh, yes, I'm, we're dealing with some Windrush cases in my office at the moment, and that's absolutely heartbreaking yeah. Yeah. because these are people who've been around forever. They're mm. the, the uh, parents and grandparents of my neighbours. It's dis- disgusting. So, um, yeah. Did did a little bit of you choke when the Queen asked the other fifty two countries of the Commonwealth, including India, democracy of a billion people, twelve mm-hmm. countries in the Caribbean, I think it is. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, to accept Prince Charles mm. as head of the Commonwealth, did you feel it was like a, an echo of an empire, and you could always mm. imagine him in a pith helmet, uh, barking orders? I, th- I think that was a very, very dark moment. Actually, I really do, and all my African Caribbean friends in North Kent said the same. Um, so, what is the Commonwealth? Uh, Two thirds of the Commonwealth countries are already republics. Why is this being imposed? And nobody dared say no, which was a, a great shame. I think. Uh, but there have been an awful lot of conversations about it um, in my end of the borough um, over the past few days, and a lot of people are very, very disappointed. It was a, it was a time to to prove that that um, the monarchy could be modern and uh, forward thinking, and instead we set step back. It was a regression. So, is that moment you think when Republicans might get a boost? Is it is it when the Queen's gone when she leaves this mortal mm. college? She might have a hold. In some way, but yeah. it, but the others won't. Well, what comes after? Yeah, well, but people say the Queen has never put a foot wrong, and she hasn't. What a miserable life that would be, never being able to put a foot wrong. She was born into a world where she couldn't put a foot wrong, and that's awful. I mean, that what what a life sentence, actually. And clearly she's tolerated it, and I have some respect for her, even though I don't think we should have a Queen. Um, but I think once she's gone, she's the last of the of the line of, um, of, uh, of those who were who have been squeaky clean their whole life and nobody could say a bad thing about them. Um, but, uh, no, I do think so, and I think um, Prince Charles as, as king would be a very positive step mm. for republicanism because um, um, a lot of people, even those who support the monarchy, don't want him. And when uh, his son Harry said, in a, in a guarded interview, I think, uh, with, it was an American outlet, he said none of them wanted to be royals, really, none of them wanted to be king. Mm. Do you think, should we put out their misery and uh, should be, moved on? Yeah, absolutely, in that way, yes. Um, they have money, and they could, they could do other things. They wouldn't have to pretend they're protecting wildlife when mm. they're shooting it. Um, and, uh, you know, be the... Uh, supporting the World Wildlife Fund, RSPCA, and so on, when they go hunting and um, all over the world, um, fox hunting and shooting, um, whatever, whatever, all over the world. Um, uh, a bit of freedom for just to be normally rich, I think, would be fair enough. Yeah, and 
Do you think Meghan Markle is a good catch for uh, for them? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a fusty institution, and all of a sudden um, you get a, a bit of North American glamour. Um, she's glamorous and very pretty. Um, I can't share everything I think about about that match, but you know it's lovely when beautiful, rich young people get married. I don't, I don't, I don't. Um, you know, I, I would certainly give them that. Um, I don't think we should support it. I don't think it's anything particularly radical. Um, and I, I wish I could repeat what some of my black friends say, but I can't. Um, um, I don't know. I don't think it's. She fits so much into the what into the mold, apart from what she looks like and where she, she's mm. from. In every other way, she fits into the perfect mold of a perfect prince's wife. Um, and uh, I hope she can tolerate. It. I don't think it's going to be a fabulous life. Um, but um, I don't think it's. Um, I don't see that as a modernising thing particularly. I really don't. Are your black friends in London? Do they feel she's kind of selling out and joining the establishment rather than yes. you know, rather than her changing them, they'll change her. Yes, mm. they do. Oh, what a miserable life. Mm. And uh, just finally, Emma, have you watched Netflix The Crown? Yes, I have. Uh, the two series. What did you make of it? This is terrible. <laughs> Yes, uh, very, very funny. I do watch things like that sometimes. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's pure joy. <laughs> I mean, they do they do come across as incredible. Well, they are a dysfunctional family. We know yes, they're a dysfunctional. They they'd have had asbos. They would have had mm. social services in over mm. the over the years. Yes, they would. Uh, but uh, it's kind of a it it it's it's a bit it's a, it's also a political and social history of of Britain, the Crown. Mm. But yeah, yeah. I think um, school children should watch that and understand a bit political history and um, not just ruler history this king came over that qu- after that queen and so on I think they need to understand a bit of the social and political background of, uh, of where we are now and I think they might have a slightly different view they don't get that in other European countries they do Emma Dent-Cohen thank you very much for joining Not the Royal Wedding thank you Kevin Right, and now on Not the Royal Wedding, it's the quick fire 10 questions and answers. And we're joined this week by Manuel Cortez, General Secretary of the TSSA White Collar Transport Union, big supporter of uh, Jeremy Corbyn, too. Indeed, we are. Yeah. And you've always been a Republican, haven't you, uh, Manuel? I've always been a Republican. I think that it's not right that in the 21st century that who becomes our head of state is not decided by the people but by blood lineage. I think that that is wrong. I think every kid who's born in a country should have the opportunity to become our head of state if they can win a democratic mind to do so. So it's really fundamentally for you a democratic argument? Of course it is. Right, here we go. Let's uh, lose you your uh, knighthood. Uh, have you ever met a royal? Apart from Brickley Tomlinson, none. <laughs> if you uh, bumped into the Queen, what would you say to her? I'd be polite to her, but I would also ask her when is she just going to become an ordinary citizen? Have you ever sung God Save the Queen? I don't know the words. Buckingham Palace, would you turn it into flats or a hotel? I think flats, because we have a, an acute housing shortage in London. If you're hungry, would you prefer a swan sandwich or a Dutch original biscuit? Neither. What's the best thing that could be said about Prince Charles? That he's no king. Tory MPs want to buy them a new royal yacht. What would you spend a spare £100 million on? In getting rid of homelessness. 
And is Meghan Markle a good catch for a fusty institution? I'm not sure, but clearly she might inject them some life. And what will you be doing on 19th of May? I'll be watching Celtic. And who would you vote for as the first democratically elected head of state in a great British republic? Whoever the Labour candidate is, and I hope it's a woman. Well, I think we have kissed goodbye to your knighthood. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Manuel. And this week's mythbuster from the campaign group Republic is how the royals always want credit if they do anything voluntarily. It is true that most royals are patrons of a string of charities, but very often this is only on paper. Their name may appear on the letterhead, but they are not an active ambassador for that cause. Some royals certainly do help to raise the profile of certain charities they care about, but so do many actors, singers and sports people. And what about the millions of ordinary Britons who make donations and give up their free time to volunteer for good causes? They do so without any of the glory or luxury trappings that the royals receive. It's also worth noting that when a member of the royal family visits a charity, it can cost taxpayers tens of thousands of pounds, often vastly exceeding any increase in donations. The royals gain more in PR than the charities do in support. But, as with the tourism argument, the amount of charity work the royals do or don't do has no bearing on the question of whether we should have a monarchy. And, of course, the Windsors would be free to continue their charitable activities as free citizens in a republic. Thank you for listening to this episode of Not the Royal Wedding. I hope you enjoy it. In the next episode, one of the guests is a poet, writer, lyricist, musician and self-described naughty boy. It's Benjamin Zephaniah. Thank you.